Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. Now today we're going to talk about something near and dear to my heart, is are you ready to serve? And sometimes... um, you know, when you get involved in something, you might kind of feel like this picture. You might kind of feel like there's some things that you have just jumped into without being fully prepared. And everybody's looking around, looking at Amy and shaking their head because they know that if you've interacted with me at some time, I've probably encouraged you to do something that you were not ready to do. And I I don't, you know, I am not, I played in a band one time, Amy and I, we were playing in a band, and we spent about three months preparing, and after three months of preparing and not playing anywhere, we were like, look, brother, we we enjoy this, but this ain't our style. We can't spend a year preparing to play one song. We like to, you know, even though she won't admit it, she's kind of like me in this, we like to jump into things. And and I think, you know, you've jumped into things as well. And maybe you've gotten into something and you said, I'm not really ready. Well, today, we're going to look at two people who were ready. We're going to look at Timothy and Aphrodite in the book of Philippians. And they were ready to serve. But as we look at them, I want you to ask yourself, are you ready to serve? Are you in a position to serve? Because before you and I can serve, God has to do some things in our life. So let's look at the text. We're in Philippians uh, verse, uh, verse 19. Timothy was ready to serve. The Bible says, Paul writing, he says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. So Paul was in prison. He was unable to go to Philippi, so he wanted to send Timothy. And he said about Timothy, he said, I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests and not those of Jesus Christ. Now Paul had been in ministry with Timothy. Timothy had served alongside of Paul. And Paul knew Timothy's character. And as Paul looked at Timothy, he recognized that Timothy didn't think about himself, he thought of other people. And as you and I serve, and as we are around people who serve, there are people who set an example for us, and one common theme is they're not self-absorbed. They think about other people. And this is kind of the pathway to being a servant, is when you stop just thinking about your needs, and you become able to see the needs of other people. And that's what Paul said about Timothy. In fact, he said, you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with a father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. Now, Paul, if you're familiar with Paul, you know, Paul is brutally honest. You know, when Peter, I mean, Peter's like, you know, the main guy, you know, that's one of our favorites, Peter. Paul didn't hesitate to tell Peter, you were wrong. So he's not someone who goes around flattering. And for him to recommend, to refer Timothy, is, is shows, it speaks to Timothy's character. 
And Paul says, I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. So Paul wanted to send Timothy, and then he was hoping that he would eventually be able to go as well. Now there's another guy in the picture named Aphrodites who was also ready to serve. And let's look at what Paul said about Aphrodites. He says, I think it's necessary to send back to you. See, they sent Aphrodites to Paul to encourage him. And now Paul's thinking, I need to send him back. My brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because he heard, because you heard that he was ill. So this guy, Aphrodites, he became sick and he was more concerned that the church at Philippi was going to be worried about him than he was about his own sickness. So he also, like Timothy, was thinking of other people. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him, and not on him only, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad and may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him. Because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give. Are you ready to serve? You're ready to serve when these six principles are in order in your life. And if you're taking notes or you like to take notes, I encourage you to write down these six principles. There are six things, as I look through this passage, there are six things that just jump out that are very clear that when these are in order, we are in a position to serve. And if you're looking at this list and you're saying, you know what, I'm doing well on three out of the six or four out of the six, you know, I don't want to discourage you. I don't want to be discouraged myself. This is something, this is an area for us to grow and to seek to change. One of the first areas is so important is when people, you are ready to serve when people trust you to keep your word. If I could just stop here and say the biggest frustration I have with people who commit to ministry is when they say they're going to do something, don't do it. Amen? When you say you're, you know, when you are ready to serve, you don't say what you're not going to do. You're secure enough, you're confident enough in the Lord that you'll look a person right in the eye and say, I'm not going to make it Wednesday night. And that's much easier because that gives us plenty of time to get someone on Wednesday night. When you say, and I was listening to a guy, a friend of mine uh, preached the other day. He was preaching a sermon. I was watching it on video. And he was just confessing how that when he first got married, he used to make promises to his wife that he knew he wasn't going to keep. Because he wanted to please her. And he didn't want the conflict. And he talked about how God had to change his heart. And when we do that in ministry, we're simply not ready to serve. This creates all types of problems for people. If they can't trust you and I to keep our word, it's going to be difficult to accomplish God's work. So we need to learn, and I think you have the best of intentions. I think you want to do what you say. 
But our fear of one another, our fear, our insecurities of not wanting to hurt somebody will prompt us to make promises that we know we can't keep. We've got to be honest. We only have a certain amount of time in a day. We only have a certain amount of skills. We're at different places in our confidence. Either we're going to do it and we're going to do it to the best of our ability or we're not going to do it. And if we're not going to do it, we need to say we're not going to do it. It's just so much easier if we can be straightforward and honest about ministry. I encourage you to write this down, to remember it. Said, you know what, there is no harm in telling the truth. If you can't do something, I can't make it. I'm not going to be there. Just be brutally honest and get over that, that fear of other people and be confident that you can speak the truth in love. And you can tell a person yes or you can say no and feel. Because you know what, as Christians, we need to respect people if they say yes or no. If we ask somebody, hey, can you help with this? No, I've already got a commitment. We don't need to try to guilt them into doing it. We need to accept that so that we can be honest with one another and not have confusion. So when we're serving, the first thing that we need to see in our lives is that people can trust us to keep our word. The next one is, so very important, is we serve others to help others. You know, I realized when I went into teaching, I enjoyed preparing lessons. I enjoyed, I know it's kind of weird, I enjoyed studying and learning, and I was excited about teaching. But once I went into that classroom, I realized something, that I was there for those kids. I was not there for me. That everything that was going on was all about their needs. That I was there to serve them. I was there to help them learn. And that's not was not always going to be fun for me. In fact, there were going to be times when it was going to be difficult and it was going to require sacrifice. But the nature of serving is doing something for someone else. And God created us like that. And it follows a relationship with him. When you and I come to Christ and we begin to grow in Christ, this beautiful thing is going to happen. You're going to become concerned about other people. You're going to see needs. You're going to see people in need, and you're going to want to help. It's going to be very natural because God loves you, and you've received God's love. So you want to share that love with other people. And God is going to help you grow and mature so that you can do that effectively. When I went into that classroom, I remember writing in my journal that people teach not for themselves, but to help other people. And having that straight, when it became difficult, my first year teaching, I think I worked about 80 hours a week preparing lessons. It was a lot of preparation, and, and my wife is going through that. She's teaching a class in history, and she's doing the heavy lifting now. She's preparing and preparing because you're serving, and it takes time to do that. And you're motivated by your love and your concern for other people. We saw that in Aphrodite. We saw that in Timothy. Paul said Timothy was concerned about others and not just his own interests. The next thing is people know you're ready to serve when people know you do not have hidden agendas. You know, anytime somebody asks me to meet or can I talk to you or something, you know, you always think, well, what do they, if, you know, if it's someone outside of church, if it's just a friend I haven't seen in a while, I always think, okay, what's, what do they want? 
You know, are they selling something? You know, maybe I'm skeptical. You know, I think, are they? I remember going to somebody's house one time. This guy invited me to his house. He said, I want to I want to meet, and I was all excited, you know. I was thinking, man, I hadn't seen this guy in a while, and I appreciate his friendship, and this is cool, and he, he probably wants to play music together. And I had all these great ideas that this meeting was going to be about. And when I got in there, there was this, uh, you know, like a chart up there, and he started drawing circles and started talking about if I, uh, you know, if I use a product, then I would want to recommend it. And if I told a friend, and then he told a friend, and, and then he started writing about all this money I would make. And, and before I knew it, I realized I was in an Amway presentation. Because <laughs> he had a hidden agenda. You know, so I got a little smarter. And when people would call me up, I mean, this was back in the 90s when this was more popular. You know, now it's Plexus or something like that. You know, so I heard somebody the other day, Amy, said, you know, so-and-so told them that, they felt like God was kind of telling them that I would want to do plexus or something like that. And, and, and people, are, people have these ideas about what you might want to do. That's not serving. That's not serving. If you want to serve, you serve to build the kingdom of God and to help other people. You know, we have needs. You know, we have to provide for our family. And those are things that we have to do. We have to go to work, and we're direct, we're honest about those things. But when you disguise serving with a motive underneath it, you know, that's not true service. You didn't see that in Timothy. You know, you didn't see that in Aphrodite. People know you're, you're called to serve. People know you're ready to serve when the hidden agendas are not there. You know, when we are sincere and our word is our word and, and we truly want to help other people. Also, people see that you and I are faithful in your current responsibilities. That's why the Bible says when talking about people called to ministry, it says they must lead their family well. If we are going to be effective in the church, if we are going to serve in the church, the things that we are doing now that are our responsibilities, like raising our family, like working at our particular job, we should be faithful in those things. Those things are a reflection on how we will serve in the church. So as we seek to be ready to serve, as we seek to come to Christ and receive Christ, to grow in Christ and be ready to fulfill that need that God placed in us to serve, let's make sure that our responsibility is that our house is in order, that we are taking care of the things that God has called us to do. Also, we are ready to serve when people see that we work alongside others in unity. You know what? You might be the greatest musician in the world. You might be the greatest teacher in the world. You might be the greatest nursery worker or whatever ministry. You could be the greatest pastor. And if you can't get along with other people, you are going to hurt the body of Christ. You know, we need, simply put, we need to work together in unity. Sometimes it really doesn't matter if we do song A or song B or song C. What matters is that we can come together and we can discuss it and we can agree and we can learn a song together. 
Together is the way the kingdom of God grows. When we work together, you know, there are many ministries that we could do in this church. We love music. We love guitars. We love teaching people guitars. And we do it. It is a form of unity. It is a form of camaraderie. We're standing out here today talking about music and songs. It is something that we share together and we do it with tremendous joy. You know, we could be excited about other things. When we first started here, when Amy and I first started here, we were excited about building the bowling alley upstairs. But somehow, I, I don't know what happened. There was just a break in unity there. Somehow we went, we went in the wrong direction. And, and you know, Michael, I've got, I'm praying, you know, maybe I need to pray and fast to get that vision back going for that bowling alley. But whatever we do, folks, we need to do it together. We don't need to have six people going in six different directions and, be, and especially not being critical of one another or in competition of one another. We work together, and you're ready to serve when you want to be part of the team and you want to help others and include others and build something together. Lastly, when people see that you're willing to sacrifice to get things done. Now, when we're called to do things, some things we do are difficult. Sometimes this stage was a lot more work than the gentleman anticipated. Amen? It was more work. It was more involved. But it takes sacrifice to get things done. Because we said we're going to do this. And that means we're going to finish it if it's easy. And we're going to finish it if it's difficult. And when we do things, we can't. And it is a temptation for everyone. One of my biggest temptations has been when something got hard. I said, well, maybe God didn't want me to do it. That's normally not the case. If God called you to do it, when I went to Kansas to teach, I wanted to teach. I was excited about it. I got on a plane. I flew out there. I was all pumped up. I met the people. And about a week later, my father passed away. And the school called me up, and they said, Mark, we realize this could change your plans. Take some time. Pray about it and let us know if we need to find somebody else to come out here. So I couldn't figure out what to do. I went back and forth. I prayed. I thought about it. Finally, the school called me up and they said, Mark, we're not trying to rush you. We just need to know. And I said, okay, just give me 24 hours. I called my brother up. I said, Glenn, I said, I'm at a standstill. I just don't know what to do. He said, let me ask you a question. When dad was alive, Did God call you to do that? I said, absolutely. He said, so what changed? He said, God hadn't changed. Your circumstances changed. And I was like, call the school up, I'll be there. That's one of the greatest decisions I ever made. I grew so much. I formed such meaningful relationships with those students that last to this day, a life-changing event that I was this close to walking away from because it got a little hard. It got real hard, and I wanted to give up. I wanted to quit. I wanted to change plans. When God calls you to do something, when God calls you to serve, he needs to know that you're the type of person that if it requires sacrifice, you're willing to do it. You're not going to give up when it gets difficult. You're going to stick with it. So... I believe I'm ready to serve. What is the next step? What do I do? There's a couple questions I want you to ask. 
Is the Holy Spirit prompting you to respond to a need at the church? Is there something that God has put on your heart to do in the context of a ministry, either here or somewhere else? The Holy Spirit will prompt you. But that's not the only way God works. There's one more other way that God works, and I saw this so clearly at a church. I was at a church, and there was a a young man, and he got saved, uh, rededicated his life to Christ. He He was living with his girlfriend. He was struggling, and he got serious about his relationship with Christ. He got married. And he began to get his life in order and surrender to Christ and uh, begin to grow. And as he came to Christ, he grew in Christ, he was ready to serve. He was ready to serve. The Holy Spirit didn't prompt him to do anything. God wasn't leading him to do any particular ministry. Some people would just wait and wait and not do anything. But what God did prompt him to do is he went to the leadership of the church and he said, is there a ministry where I can help that you feel that my gifts are suited for? This gentleman today has been a leader of deacons. He's done tremendous things in ministry. He's gone on mission trips. He has served on mission trips. He has been the leader in many ministries. And it all began when he humbled himself and he said, with all of his abilities, he's very talented. He didn't walk in and say, here's my resume. Look, I'm impressive. He said, do you have a need? I'm willing. And I don't know what the first thing they asked him to do. I don't remember that. But I know that he has been a great encouragement to me over the years and I've seen God work in his life. In fact, Amy and I, we had an electrical uh, issue one time, and our power unit went out. It was about two or three days later, this gentleman showed up at our house and just handed me a card and, and just patted me on the back and said, Mark, I was just thinking of you, and I just wanted to stop by and encourage you. And he gave us $100 to help us, to encourage us. That's the type of, he is a servant. He is a man who serves other people. And it all began not with a vision from God, not even with the Holy Spirit prompting him to do a particular ministry, but he just said, you know, here I am, Lord, send me. Where do you need me? And he went to the church. So I encourage you, if God has put something on your heart, By all means, and guys, we can go ahead and uh, our courageous guys, we can go ahead and uh, start getting set up to to do our song. You know, if God has put something on your heart and the Holy Spirit has prompted you to play a song, amen, respond to it. But if God has not put something on your heart, I encourage you to take the steps that you need to do to be ready to serve and make yourself available so that God can open up a door for us to serve. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much, Lord, for this uh, challenge that we would be courageous, Lord, and we need your courage, we need your strength in the world that we live in today. God, I pray that you will 
Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you will just empower us to love and to serve others, and in doing that, serve you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.